0: every time I go to MFI, I, God's always doing something in my heart about relationships and, you know, the things that uh, you know, he's working on in me. And just because of, you guys know me, and maybe you don't see me sometimes as I s- have seen myself or how I've been in the past, but um, coming from just the work world into being pastor of a church and quitting everything and starting a church was a big change for me. And having you guys being so loving and supporting has really helped me grow as a pastor but when I'm around other pastors I I go through things sometimes and probably for the last 16 years as a senior pastor going to Ministers Fellowship International which has been part of what I've been under since I was with Ernest. Ernest had us under MFI when we were his elders but um, when I go I see the relationships and I see pastors in these mega churches all connected and they're all just so close. And it kind of what has triggered for me, kind of like the loneliness I've had and, and kind of like the isolation, kind of my personality, and things I struggle with, like with depression, have kind of done in me o- in my past and growing up. And so um, kind of the focus uh, of the MFI this year was about fathering and mentoring and relationships. And um, I, I was sometimes, you know, you have something so close to you but you're not aware of it. You ever had something so close to you that you don't see it? And uh, again, because f- feelings of the of insecurity or maybe those things of the past were so in me, um, I was like kind of questioning myself about you know the relationships there and stuff. And we were Andrea signed us up to uh, be a prophetic get prophetic as senior pastors. So we went on Wednesday afternoon. And we were just praying as different candidates were going up to, and they just, you know, we're just kind of connecting on our own with the Lord, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I've given you relationships. And um, he, he told me it was our advisory board. And, you know, being on the advisory board, having those, adv- those leaders around us and uh, help carrying the vision and hearing what God is saying and what he's wanting to do in the church um, has built and our advisors, we have been together, just this small group, probably for, probably over three and a half years. You know, at one time we had, I think, 12 people on the board. And I, w- I was looking at the over the last three and a half years and thinking about some of our conversations. Some of the things that we were going through on our own, our own struggles personally, and, you know, how God's working on us and developing us, and the different discussions we've had in meetings, and sometimes going back and talking about things over and over I've seen how God has built a trust with us. And there, this love that we have with, for each other is incredible. And it's funny because they did something on um, the last day where they did communion, and they encouraged us to go to people with a chunk of bread and break pieces off and break bread with each other. And um, I knew I was going to break bread with our, our advisors, the Galintos and Bruce Kessig and Dory and me, but God really put on my heart Leo and um, Donna Kruger, and they're the church we've been kind of affiliated with, MFI, probably, it's been probably maybe seven or eight years. Uh, we've gone to meetings with them before and never really connected. I think I, I talked or sat with Leo at a table once, but never really connected, but over the last few years, God has really connected us. And for me, um, going and speaking at Leo's church began to break things about my own insecurities or my own inferiority uh, as a pastor or not feeling maybe uh, validated or um, you know that I could fit in with another church I know God called me here so you're stuck with me but for me seeing myself as a different place I felt like God used Leo and Donna in a great way to connect my heart and and connect us in relationship so I I went to them and broke bread with each of them and then with each of our advisors and just, just feeling that connection of love and I know that's so under attack in our families, in the world, and especially in our church. You know, my my, my message is this is the second part, uh, a pattern of robberies and attempted robberies, and how one of the biggest things Satan comes to steal is relationship. He can steal relationship. There's no connecting. There's walls and wounds and hurts, and we go on living our life independently. We can even have a relationship with God and love God because he's saved, but you know, he's urging us to go past those boundaries of, of just me and him to being connected with other people. And that's a journey and I appreciate Bruce Gessick and I appreciate the Galindos for, you know, really hanging in there. I was talking about our right now just Dory. I appreciate so many more than just that are on our advisory board. I really do. But I, I know the building that goes on, the, 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 the trust that happens, it happens with a few at a time. And God keeps building the relationships. And I know God's doing that in our church too, in other areas with other people, connecting, causing growth, causing trust, causing the, the gifts that we have to flow together. And I noticed the closer we are and the more we trust each other, there's a more acceptance mm-hmm. for our gifts and more, there is the ability to use the gifts because there's such a connection, there's such a trust, and there's such relationship that those, those gifts can flow in and out and flow between each other. You know, talking about a current word that we have, and th- the word that God gives us is probably always the same about loving God. 1 John four twenty one, And this command, this charge and this order, this injunction we have from him, from Jesus, that he who loves God shall love his brother, the fellow believer also. And in 1 John 3.11, John wrote, this is the message, this is the announcement which you have heard from the first, that we should love one another. And that is not easily done. Well, a lot of times we try to love people, and, you know, we get so far but our feelings, our thoughts, our insecurities, the things that we feel like maybe I'm not going to be accepted or, you know, can come in the way of us experiencing and exchanging uh, love and having relationship being built with each other. But I really love Acts 1.8. Jesus said to the disciples, you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, God's love, God's power is the ability for us to receive love and enter relationships and learn how to love each other. And I just want to keep challenging you. I believe every one of us has someone that God's trying to break down the walls that we have to relationship. And so I want to encourage you to press in to the relationships God wants you to enter into and be a part of because God's going to grow you in that. But it's the Holy Spirit, God's love in you that the Holy Spirit is released in our hearts by the love of God, by his presence, (coughs) that is going to help you go through whatever you need to go through to really be able to feel like you're loved and you're accepted and you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And then, you know, the next part of that verse says, you know, and there were work to go and be witnesses. Well, love is a natural outplay. When you feel loved and you're giving out love, It's so easy to be a witness of that love. It's so easy to pass that love on to someone else. Then I want to talk about relationship a little bit more. In John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus for the whole world. God's love waits for a response. God loved us, and the gospel message came to us, and we responded to it. And then it begins to grow. We love God back because He first loved us. He first broke through all of our walls, our insecurities, our sins, and He breached that chasm that was too big with His love. Let me give you the relationship of the definition of relationship from the Encarta Dictionary the connection between two or more people or groups and their involvement with, the, with one another. And I have to say, it's taken time. I mean, I have a number of people that I'm connected to here, more than the advisory board. But it's been time of hanging together, being together, having interaction, building this security and faithfulness that over time it's almost like this natural thing that's happening where relationship has been established and is being more and more established where there is this trust. But that connection, you know, give it time. And when you begin to move into relationships or move towards those things that maybe you were scared of or don't be surprised if God triggers the very thing that has caused you to run from relationship because God wanna, wants to take you back and heal whatever that is so that you can build anew. Don't get, don't get uh, scared off w- with whatever you're facing. And in, in those um, steps of beginning to walk out or walk into relationships, Jesus is your security. He's your connection with God. He's with you. And sometimes when he asks us to do scary things, we want a great feeling or we want him to come in an overwhelming way and do it. But it's about, this is our part. We have to walk out our our fears and insecurities and relationships to see those connections and those relationships get established. The more we connect and relate, we receive, we give of ourselves. And the better the relationship we have. Our involvement with obeying the word and involvement with the Lord, the stronger that relationship is going to be. There's a test in John 13 35. John says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. You know, sometimes we could take ourselves for granted in this church. We come in, we say hi, we go out. But I think we have to be intentional with each other to make times, especially I think one of the great things is that, you know, we're doing the small groups, the community groups right now. It's an opportunity to spend a little bit more time with people. Yes, we have a topic, you know, we're trying to talk about guardrails and protecting ourselves and, you know, recognizing the boundaries and the safety uh, things we have in place to keep us from sinning or hurting people. But in these uh, small groups that are are around this topic of guardrails, God's wanting to disarm you about relationships. He's wanting you to have a friend that can be close to you. He's wanting you to have a connection that the world does not offer. Here's a second part of the relationship definition. The first part, again, is the connection between two or more people or groups and their involvement with one another. The next part is especially as regards to the way they behave toward and feel about one another. Again, the more we're secure in God's love for us personally, we can step out there with our insecurities, and sometimes we're insecure about the way we come across or the way we communicate or the way we feel. You know, feelings so often determine whether we're going to relate. Again, if we have negative feelings about past relationships or hurts, those feelings can be triggered. And I think the enemies are really a big part of this And replaying feelings, emotions, and thoughts. i sure glad what Bruce Gessick said about the thoughts that our mind gets. They're not always from God. Well, in the same way feelings come to us that aren't from God. Feelings that cause us to maybe even step into things we shouldn't step into. The ability to have relationships with other believers greatly enhances the ability to give love to unbelievers. If you're feeling secure about your relationships with God and what He's doing, you're going to feel better about talking to other people about the Lord, especially when we're, we're around people in the world that are so broken, so lost, so hurt, so depressed, so discouraged that we know that we have the answer. Now, when we come to God, are all those things immediately... Taken care of? No. Sometimes we have a certain thing that is lifted off, a certain miracle or healing. But a lot of times we have to keep working out our salvation and appropriating the healings and the restoration that God promises through Jesus Christ. John 10:10, the thief is nothing but to come and to kill, steal, and destroy. As we've been looking at, robberies and attempted robberies and what Satan's doing to try to steal the word of God and the promises that God gives us, it'd be great to just even look at the area of relationships and kind of see what the enemy has done in your own life. might cause you to cry some more tears of hurt and let out the pain in our soul from those things that have happened to us that have damaged us in relationship. But it's a good thing to pour out, pour out that pain that when you get in touch with it because when you pour it out, the Holy Spirit can come and give you a new fresh hope. He can encourage you that he has a relationship for you, that he's going to restore what you've lost because he cares about you and he's all about love and relationships. I want to use the same key verse again this week that I used last week. It is Matthew 24, 43. Jesus said, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. When we accept Jesus Christ, we are born again and spiritually alive. And as God brings his word to us, we are establishing our really our own uh, freedom of who we are in Christ. That God tells us his word, we receive his word, but we take on responsibilities for our own life. And he's telling us to watch over our house and to be aware where Satan, the thief, is trying to steal from us. Because if we allow him to keep stealing, with what he's stealing from us, he's stealing our faith, he's stealing our present, he's stealing our hope of the future, and he's stealing our destiny. And if he is happy, if he's so robbed us that we're just kind of stuck in in a, a place of neutrality, we are not growing. Then the thief has robbed us and we're left just broken and empty. So Jesus is saying, be aware, take an inventory, be aware where the enemy is trying to steal from you. I gave you this scripture last week about the Word. In Mark 4.14, the sower sows the Word. Mark 4.15, Satan comes immediately to take away and steals the Word that was sown into our hearts. Again, he wants to rob what God is giving us because God's Word is life. I I shared about in the beginning how God told him, uh, don't eat the fruit. Satan said, did he really say that? And he robbed them of their relationship with God and he brought the world into sin all creation started uh, going downhill Uh, thorns thistles we know the result because they listened to Satan and they partook they disobeyed God's word in Genesis 3 13 the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate that forbidden fruit the definition of deceive is intentionally trick or mislead somebody deliberately hide the truth from somebody, to fool yourself, convince yourself of something that is not true, and being self-deceived. Those are areas that Satan works on Christians to be self-deceived. And again, wherever the word stands, Satan will use feelings and desires in our natural life to to water down the word and let us really disqualify what God's saying. Why? So he can get us to do sin or do things that are wrong but he uses our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, our interpretation of what the Bible's saying so that he can steal the word. The word has power. The word has keeping power. The word has our future, and the word has strength for us, and it has something good. Whatever Satan wants to offer you in the moment, if you hang on and wait, Satan, uh, God will give you something long-lasting and more beneficial. My position, I was talking to other pastors before, uh, you know, uh, it was announced that um, we have an opportunity to go join a gateway for a men's men's meeting with Bob McGregor. And those of you who have prophecy in uh, at the prophetic meetings in May heard Bob McGregor. Well, he's coming down to David's church. David canisteres. He has just taken over our whole uh, Northern California region for MFI. So not only is he just assistant, now he has our region. So it's a great connection we have spiritually with him. He's a great man of God. He's been here a number of times and done uh, prophetic meetings for us, but it's great to be really more solidly connected with them. So, this is an opportunity to have a, an opportunity for men to have something even more special. So, if you can possibly sign up, we're going to be going on the 25th. But we were talking at the airport about, you know, as a pastor, you know, sometimes maybe you who are parents, when you tell your kids, do you ever get discouraged, parents, when you tell your kids something over and over and they don't do it? Honest, be honest. No no one else besides me and Andrea? All right, <laughs> Anita. Yes! And I think sometimes for me, I think, um, you know, I, I take it personally if I, I speak and I don't see it happening, but I'm not mad at you. I know uh, I, God has worked with me over the years about obey. Some, some of the things he's asked me to do, it's taken me some years to do. But I want I just want to read you the scripture in 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. And Timothy is, uh, you know, been mentored by Paul, and he's taking a role as a pastor in in the in the new churches that are being started, and so Paul is encouraging him about his responsibility. Timothy has one of the fivefold ministries; he's a pastor, but there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers, all part of the fivefold ministry. That's people given to local churches to help them. People grow spiritually and, and to, to mature so that they understand their gifts and they can live victorious Christian lives. And he's speaking from when we receive the grace of God, when we know we're sinners, we know uh, we can't be good enough, and we accept Jesus Christ and we're born again. That's the gr- when the grace of God comes into our life. But he's talking to, uh, Paul's talking to Timothy about his responsibility to the congregation, to the people he's speaking to, that are supposed to go on from grace and grow in in grace in a way of growing in spiritual maturity, and so this is what he's telling them to do. Paul commands Timothy, when Christ Jesus comes as King, he will be the judge of everyone, whether they are living or dead. So, with God and Christ as witnesses, I command you to preach the gospel message. And the gospel is always the power of God that comes into our life and brings change that not, like nothing else that can change us. Do it willingly even if it isn't popular thing to do. And I have to say, nowadays, the gospel is not popular. Living a Christian life, living uh, under the guidelines of the Lord about how to live morally and how to live I- with integrity, they're not popular. Not popular at all. But he was told, it's not going to be popular. It's not going to be the popular thing to do. T- he told Timothy, you must correct people. I think that's the hardest been ha- the hardest part of this job, over the 16 years we've been doing it. Some t- people we've brought correction to because it's, it's going to be something that's going to change their life, they've left. Some people have uh, gone on in certain sins that are destroying other members of the body of Christ and their own life. That's the hard part. Our society is against authority. You can see it every day in the news and the way police are being treated. There's such a disrespect. There's such an independence, and it's even crept into the church I have Christ, I don't have to submit to anybody, I don't have to listen to anybody. But Paul was exampling what God was doing in establishing the church. Jesus sent the apostles to start the church, but there was guidelines to bring people into maturity, and so correction was one thing. No one likes to be corrected. I don't even like to be corrected. It just shows part of our old nature that we're constantly dealing with. But Paul told Timothy, you must correct people and point out their sins but also cheer them up. So we're supposed, to try, we're supposed to try to keep cheering you up too, telling you that Jesus is with you, that you have a destiny, that you have the Holy Spirit, that as bad as things look like today, hey, God is working. It's not going to look like this tomorrow, that there's going to be an end to certain trials and tribulations you're going through because God is at work and you're not always going to be tested by the devil. You're not always going to be tempted by the devil. You are going to overcome because Christ is in you and the Holy Spirit has bigger and better things for you. So, he said, encourage or cheer them up. And when you instruct them, always be patient. So one thing I took away from the conference and just talking to to David, again, to be patient. To to speak the word and to speak love, but keep giving people the grace and the opportunity to change. Okay, now I want to kind of go to finances again because I feel like this is a place where we're at too. God wants to do something financially with us and in our future. I I said this to you earlier this year. It's Malachi 3.89, but I want to show you something that's even bigger than this. God says through Malachi, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And I think God is saying that the tithe is a really big thing. It's really part of how I do. It's part of our relationship and connection. Have you ever had a good friend, and you guys are close, but all of a sudden money kind of separated you? Maybe you lent them money, and after you lent them money, they kind of disappeared. You know, what happened? What happened in that relationship? Those things things like that, when you don't get paid back, they start separating you. And I wonder how much sometimes that we get separated because of the way we look at money and finances. God wants our tithe it says you are cursed it says you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation notice how it connects us as a unit now I want to read a story that is incredible it's all, it's part, part of it is in Joshua 6.8 this is the first nation that they were going into they had crossed the Jordan River They are going as a nation into the promised land. They were facing the greatest city in the land, the first city that they were going to, called Jericho, with the high walls. The Lord said to Joshua concerning the spoils of Jericho, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the cursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and the gold... The vessels of the bronze and the iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall not come into the treasury of the Lord. So God was telling them, you are going to take this city, but you're not supposed to take anything for yourself. This is all mine. What this was was like the first of the cities, and it was like the first fruits where it says the first fruits belongs to the Lord. They were not to touch it. It was not to be theirs. And if they did partake of it because it was a cursed thing, the curse was going to come upon Israel. Malachi 3.10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, I'm just offering up to you. If you're not a tither, God wants you to consider tithing. Now, this may be a challenge for you, but let it be something that God shows you that he will open the windows of heaven. We are a church, a local body, and what God wants us to do, it's going to take finances. So we need us to be working together, and I'm not knowing what people are giving, but you guys have to get freedom. You've got to be able to use the word for yourself that you are are free in your finances to not let the robber, the state, Satan, the, sti- the thief, steal from your finances. It's interesting because, you know, I grew up uh, tithing uh, from a little kid. My parents taught us the principles of tithing. I tithe, we tithe. When in my 20s, and probably, I was probably 20, yeah, I was 29, you know, when I got married, Um Right after we got married in one of our home meetings, because I was in Mold Ministries, we, we would minister in the jails and everything during the like Sundays and everything. So we had our like our Sunday meeting on Monday night. And I remember one of the first meetings I was in there after being married. I remember reading the scripture, Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, you shall remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish. His covenant. While well, I had already been dedicated to the Lord, I had served the Lord my whole life. When I was janitor, my first job, five hours a night, I vacuumed rugs. I was praying and talking to God. I was seeking the Lord during that five hours. I'd have to go back and check to make sure I cleaned a rug because I was so sometimes connected in prayer. And, and so this was part of me, and, and it was like part of that call in my life to serve God. But I felt like Monday night, I mean... Um, I felt like it was uh, Wednesday night when I woke up at like a, at 1 o'clock, not when I woke up, but 1 o'clock in the morning, because we had stayed up late having another meeting with our board after our meeting at the MFI. And I felt like the Lord said this to me when I laid down in bed, just like he gave me that scripture. And in 1981, he gave me that scripture. And we, 18 years later, we were able to sell our house and move down here. And we didn't have to receive a salary for a while because God had made a way. And I knew as soon as he gave me that scripture, I turned to Dory and he said, Dory, God's going to somehow give us money that we can be able to be released at some point to go full time. And that was when I was 29 years old. At f- When I was 47, it happened. But I felt like God said to me, Bruce, this thing about I'll give you power to get wealth, he, I felt like he said <laughs> at Thursday morning, At one in the morning, I'm extending that over hillside. Then I'm going to give them power to get wealth. Why? To establish his covenant. You know, when we put God first, when we give him the tithe first, when we give offerings, and sometimes we give sacrificial offerings uh, to help people or to help different works, what we're doing is we're partnering with God and we're investing into his kingdom. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and those who invest in the things that are important to him. You know, fi- finances can really become a part of our life, and I'm just telling you, if you're not a tither, get in covenant with God. I've heard, We've heard story after story of people who started tithing where God has taken care of their finances, and this is a personal thing where God says, the only place in the Bible where God says, you come and test me, you try me, and see if I will not, I will not open the windows of heaven for you, but I think I didn't know Dory was going to share about the cafe. We We have to move this year. We've got to move. We have We have been doing right. We have served the community. We have had our men's home, our women's home. Now God has, again, so many prophetic words came again, even while we were at uh, MFI in Oregon, that we are supposed to focus on the youth. You know, again, we've had all these different outreaches, but now we're supposed to focus on the youth. And I don't know how God's going to do it, because it seems impossible, but God wants to do it. But we need all of you, and the people that God's going to add, and the finances, and the people skills and the uh, youth, the part where people have for youth, a number of people in the prophetic conference had a call to youth. We've been looking over their words and we're going to try to be talking to them more and more and seeing how we can work to do what God wants to do. Okay, Satan the devourer. And if you have something being devoured in your life, maybe this is a door. Again, he's the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In Malachi 3.11, God gives a gives a kind of a countering, if we tithe and we enter into to that covenant relationship and being in obedience to what he's asking of us, no matter what it is. He says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail, the f- fail to, fruit be fair to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delight in the land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, let's go back to to Joshua. In Joshua 7, 11 through 13, again, God is talking to Israel like they all sinned, but he looks at one person who sinned like it was the whole body, and that's the important thing about unity. I hope you can catch what God was saying about unity. The Lord speaks to Joshua in Joshua 7, 11 through 13. I said, everything in Jericho belonged to me and had to be destroyed, but the Israelites have kept some of the things for themselves. They stole from me and hid what they took. Then they lied about it. What they stole was supposed to be destroyed, and now Israel itself must be destroyed. I cannot help you anymore until you do exactly what I have said. That's why Israel turns and runs from her enemies instead of standing up to them. When we do not obey, we cause a separation from God's help. Tell the people of Israel, tomorrow you will meet with the Lord your God. So make yourselves acceptable to worship. The Lord says, the Lord says that you have taken things that you should not have that should have been destroyed. You won't be able to stand ag- up against your enemies until you get rid of those things. In Joshua 7, 19 through 21. Again, note that the whole nation was charged with this sin. Achan Joshua said, "The Lord God of Israel has decided that you are guilty. Is this true? Tell me what you did and don't try to hide it, it hide anything." It is true Achan answered, "I sinned and disobeyed the Lord God of Israel. While we were in Jericho, I saw a beautiful Babylonian robe, 200 pieces of silver and a gold bar that weighed the same as 50 pieces of gold. I wanted them myself." So I took them. I dug a hole under my tent and hid the silver and the gold and the robe. It's interesting, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three sins that take us out. And he had all these things. And where were they? He had to hide them because he couldn't show them or use them. He couldn't spend them because they were forbidden. But he brings destruction He brings his whole family, gets stoned because of what he did. And all of Israel came under that curse and they were defeated to Ahi. Um, I think there was like maybe, wasn't there like 20 or 30 people that died when they first went up? Think of those warriors. Because God wasn't with them, because there was sin, look at how the nation was affected. Look how those warriors went down in battle. I just want to leave you with that. Kind of sobering, you know, when we think about it. But I think it shows us how how so connected we are it says if one member suffers they all suffer in corinthians and so we are a team we are a body we're growing together we've got to have each other but we've got to do things right we've got to each be obedient to the lord and follow him and put him first then there's a blessing of god that comes on us corporately we need to be quick to repent of our sins quick to repent of our attitudes if we have relational things out of whack Go and resolve those things to e- with each other. Why? So that Satan is being eliminated from distracting and attacking our body and stealing what God has for us. Will you stand?